thank you for joining us on the latest episode of Collider Connected. Uh, thank you. Yeah. Um, so I got I got to start with the most important thing. Uh, how much did you debate what you wanted behind you during this live interview? <laughs> there was some thought. Uh, I you know I I don't know. It's 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 the place I live in has either just it's a ton of old like wood from the early 80s or stock uh, or or a bunch of rocks uh, rock walls so it's so it's you know this is kind of a, a mixture of both We've got plenty of rocks and then some some uh, some wood so i don't know it's it's kind of a dungeon feel no, whatever i choose because this part of the dungeon uh, of course, I'm sure, like all of us, you've been having to, you know, social distance and, you know, stay home for a while. Uh, how, what have the last few weeks been like for you? Uh, you know, I've been uh, just staying in. I've, I've, I've left, gone outside the driveway three times, twice to just take trash uh, to the dump and do recycling because it was kind of building up. And, and that's a long story. It's a, a particular garbage uh uh thing in my neighborhood sorry i got a bunch of dogs running around here too so uh so hopefully there aren't a bunch of barking sounds and then the other time was just to go on this i just had to get out of the house for a second so i went to this very remote area and and walked around uh just to, to get a little a little air but you know it's been a lot of keeping in touch with friends and family making sure my family's doing all right you know my trying to keep my mom indoors so so want to make sure that she's uh, feeling a, a, a connected uh and and so she doesn't get uh doesn't feel the need to go outside of her house and same same with my dad and yeah it's it's uh it's a weird weird and scary time uh just you know weird. Really? How, about, how about you uh, working, just working from home, you know, just trying to, uh, you know, everything you said, it's just, it's just a really strange time. And, um, I'm hopeful that we can find some sort of treatment as a society to allow us to reemerge. Um, you know, and, uh, I'm, you know, it's tough. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, I mean, that, that part of it is going to be such a, you know, it's, it's, there are so many people who, already are having such a hard time getting by before this so so this you know obviously just throws so much at them and and you know hopefully this is something that makes us realize what what people are going through and what you know what hopefully there's a change that that you know for for the better that that comes through this because you know, obviously there's so much horrendous suffering and, and loss. This is, it's just the worst. I couldn't agree more. Let's switch subjects into, uh, let's bring the smiles and uh, we'll switch subjects. No, we'll stay in the downer stuff. <laughs> um, in, a, in another reality, a few days ago, you and I and Yorma and a few others would have celebrated the 10th anniversary MacGruber screening at Arclight Hollywood. We we put tickets on sale. It sold out in like two hours or something crazy in the Cinerama Dome. And all of us were so excited to do it. And then obviously this happened, um, which is pretty, it's pretty crazy to realize it would have been a few days ago. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I, I 
did mark in my mind the day that it was supposed to be it would have been uh, Sunday night and and I put you know I put a piece of celery in my butt as a uh, own little tribute to what could have been. I was uh, planning on doing it in front of everybody. No, I was. I wouldn't. Want to. <laughs> um, I, I know. Right, exactly. Uh, I don't want to spoil any surprises that we had planned or uh, that Yorm and I had talked about. But um, what what actual props or things do you still own from the movie? Well, I have uh, the two main things uh, are the Miata. Uh, I, we, Yorma and John and I bought that uh, together um, for like dirt cheap. They, they were just going to give it away. And then the other main thing that I, I uh, have is the uh, KFBR 392 notebook the notepad with all the clues and the the just the the irate ramblings and doodles uh so those those are the two main things i do have um one of the outfits and one of the wigs also so it's like i don't know if there there must be a couple different wigs and i know there are you know three or four different outfits and in case you have stain one of them and uh uh, yeah, so those are the those are the main things, and then a bunch of memories. <laughs> um, I don't want to give away things that uh, Yorm and I had talked about, but one of the things you mentioned we had talked about trying to get to the arc light uh, to have fans be able to take pictures. Trying to this secret thing, trying to get the battery started again, and all that stuff. Put air in the tires. All uh, yes. This, Thing that we aren't going to spoil. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> no, we talked about that. We we had talked about you know, well, we we had some we had some plans. So it you know, hopefully this is something that that uh, once once things uh, get back to a, a, a more of a, a semblance of, of normalcy, uh, we can start thinking about about a redo of this because you know we we really were looking forward to it and, and uh, we're we're so excited about it. Obviously the easiest call in the world to shut it down because it was just not the not the right time for it and and people need to stay safe but but we do really look forward to to at some point doing it again it might be the year 2025 but uh you know we'll do it at some point a hundred percent it's happening as soon as we can um so i'm in i'm growing a beard because of the pandemic and staying at home because why the hell not um, I was always impressed with your last man on earth beard. And then when you shaved half of it off, uh, it was unbelievable. Um, so my question for you is what was it like actually growing that beard and then actually shaving half of it off and like going out in normal society? Uh, growing the beard was a big deal for me just on its own because I had never really had any kind of big beard. I, I had a, a, a manicured beard for a part that I did in this in this little Irish movie called Run and Jump, but that was the most I'd ever done. And I was, it had filled in a little more than I thought was possible. So once we started doing The Last Man on Earth, I thought, oh, I'm just gonna let it go. I just, I, I don't, I wouldn't shave if, if I was the only person on Earth. So, so I'll just see what happens. I had no idea that I could grow such a thickster. And uh, yeah, so it, it, it really came in. And, and then finally I got used to 
how to eat with a beard and do all this stuff. And then I shaved off the half of it. And it was, that was, I have people already with as bushy and unkempt as the full beard was, were a little, I, I appeared kind of sketchy to them already. So when you then take half of it away and it's just complete hairlessness on one side of the face and then uh, that bushiness on the other side of the face, it's, it's the mark of someone who's, who's, a, who's trouble. You, you, like I would, I would be walking down a street and like a sidewalk and I could see two blocks down people coming up and then crossing that I could see them notice me and then cross to the other side of the street. It was that level of, of uh, fear based on the crazy choice that was made. Cause they didn't know that, Oh, this is, this is for my job. They just thought this was for my, it just a choice that I had made. Did you, when you did the, the half shave, did you know at that point how long the half shave was going to last or was it after you shaved that you realized I can't keep this up like this? This this plot point needs to end sooner than I thought. No, I was I was actually really excited to do it. Um, it it was I just thought the joke was was a, a really good one. So I I it was well worth the the uncomfortable aspects that I, of, of wearing it around for a month. So yeah, I knew that it was going to be a month i was the one who pitched the idea so i was there was nobody to blame but but myself and then i was excited to shave it off like it was you it's it's an experience that not a lot of people get to have having that kind of crazy hairdo so i i looked on it as an adventure and as i said i liked the joke for the show but then at the end of the four weeks i was ready to shave it off and it felt really good to get that thing off but then you know, couple couple uh, years later, we, it came back for another two weeks, and that was again. I think I was the one who pitched the the, the half beard coming back. So I have nobody to blame but myself. But but this time it was only going to be for two weeks, which I thought was was a bearable amount of time. Yeah, that that seems realistic. That seems okay. Um, I. When, uh, when I've been talking to people recently, I've been asking a lot of people some quick rounds of questions. I'm going to try to hit you up with a few real quick. Do you, okay. remember your, do you remember your first movie or TV show crush? Uh, the first thing that came up was every woman from Charlie's Angels and probably Diane, uh, uh, wait, Diane Ladd. Diane, no, Diane Ladd is, is no, Diane Ladd is, no, Cheryl Ladd. Cheryl Loud was, was my particular uh, favorite. Although as I got older, Jacqueline Smith, it, it changed to Jacqueline Smith. Uh, I would uh, cut out, okay, sorry, I'm making this long. Go to your next one. <laughs> it's fine. I want to go on for like 45 minutes on, on Charlie's Angels. Right, well, we, we understand you enjoyed Charlie's Angels. Yeah. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. Right. Um, what TV show would you love to guest star on right now? Angels. <laughs> Charlie's <laughs> Angels. Charlie's Angels. Uh, would I like to uh, guest star on? Oh, man. Uh, uh, 
I, you know, I don't watch a, a ton of TV. So it, it, the, one of the only shows I watch is Succession. Friggin' love it so much. It's so, it's so good. Oh, Big Mouth, doing a voice on Big Mouth. I love that show. There, I, I mean, there are a ton of great shows out there. It's not, it's not because no show interests me. It's, it's that there are so many shows that I somehow have missed that I don't know where to start. So it's like, I still have the entire Game of Thrones out there that I've never seen. Um, you know, even my favorite shows, I, th- I think the only two series that I've watched through the whole run of the show were Cheers and Breaking Bad. Other than that, I'm just, I mean, unless it was like a shorter run thing. Completely. Do you, what, do you, what movie do you think you've seen the most? Uh, Jaws. Okay. That's the one, whenever, you know, there are a couple where if, if you see a scene from, from Jaws, or everyone has that movie that's when they see it on TV, they just got to stop whatever they're doing and just watch it till the end. So I'm always hopeful that it's toward the end of Jaws because if, if I get sucked into the beginning of Jaws, it's just, I got to reconfigure my whole work week because there's like two hours of stuff that, that just gets shelved. Com- completely. Yeah. It's like, like if uh, Shawshank comes on and I'm flipping the channels, forget it. I was, that was another one I was going to say, Shawshank. Yeah. The other night we watched uh, uh, The Fugitives, which was another one. Completely. Um, you work, if I'm not mistaken, you worked as a writer on Late Show with David Letterman back yes. in the 90s. Yes. Um, and this is before you were acting. Uh, I'm curious, how did you get that job? And maybe how did that impact your writing and what you wanted to do from there? Well, it, 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 that, that show uh, impacted my writing before I got there in a major way. That was one of, David Letterman was one of my main influences. So I, you know, when I was probably 12 or 13, I, discovered the show uh, when it was over on NBC and would just stay up. My parents would let me stay up and watch it. And it just, there's so much amazing, weird stuff uh, that, that really spoke to me, the absurdity of it. And, and uh, you know, so that mixed with uh, SNL, mixed with uh, uh, Monty Python and, and Steve Martin, uh, uh, SCTV, all those things that kind of was what, what kind of formed my, my, my comedy, uh, tastes. Uh, so, so to get a chance to, to write on that show was just a dream come true. It was a really hard job and I don't think I did a great job of it. Uh, I feel like if I, it was my, it was my second job. I had my first job was at, uh, the, uh, the Jenny McCarthy show, which was a sketch show on MTV and a relatively, uh, it was a good kind of low pressure job to start. Uh, and, and then the stress of doing a, a nightly show was pretty overwhelming for, for where I was at comfort wise with pressure and stress. And, and I, I really wish I could go back now after having a bunch of, a bunch more experience because I think 
part of the, part of it was the mental side of it where I just was stressed out all the time. And, and, uh, but it was such an honor to be a part of that show. And, uh, you know, I will be forever grateful. That's, that's why those, you know, two of, as I said, Letterman and SNL were two of my main pillars. And the fact that I got to work at both of them is, I mean, what a, what a blessing. So, you know, I've, I've always thought like after being able to, work at both those jobs everything else was gravy because uh, you know this very very few people get to get to actually experience their their dream and i got to experience two of them so so uh yeah when when you were doing letterman uh were you thinking at that time i want to be in front of the camera i want to be a performer or were you thinking uh, you know i'd be fine just being a writer well, uh, at that point, I had started at the Grounds, uh, which is an improv theater in, in Los Angeles. Uh, a lot of people have come from from there. Uh, but so when you're starting, I think your your main goal, or at least back then, the main goal when you're at the Groundlings is to get a job on SNL, or or that was that was what what why I went there was like oh that that would be the just the top of the you know that uh, of the list of potential things that could come out of going to the groundlings being at SNL was right at the top of that so so when i started getting writing jobs uh right about the the time that i was going through that groundling system and and got through the system and got to start performing on stage i still had um some aspirations of of acting um after Letterman, then I went to, uh, after I, or should I rephrase it and say, after I got canned at Letterman, uh, I came back and started writing for different sitcoms. And after a couple of years of that, I got, I got into the, uh, the uh, world of the uh, Carsey Werner world, uh, but specifically Bonnie and Terry Turner, um, who did uh, Third Rock from the Sun. And then, and then, uh, so I worked on there for a little bit. And then, when that was, uh, when they finished that series, I, I got moved over to the '70s show, which was also Bonnie and Terry Turner uh, with Mark Brazil. Well, Mark Brazil was the, you know, the the boss of that, but he was, you know, he started it with Bonnie and Terry. So, um, at that point, I finally had a, a job where there was some kind of stability because it's writing is tough you just so many shows don't make it you know show and you think everything's great and you are proud of it and then all of a sudden it just gets canceled after 13. so finally i got to a, a place where there was some stability and um i just thought oh i could i could do this the the acting stuff was just just started fading away and i thought i was just gonna right and i was totally happy with that and that but then i would still be doing groundling shows from time to time and the and then lauren michaels came to one of those and kind of kicked me back into the having acting aspirations uh i want to jump into why i get to talk to you today which is your new quibi series flipped um it's a it's a completely different thing because it's it's made for your phone it, and you can watch it either horizontally, horizontally or vertically, depending on yeah. how you want to do it. 
Um, so talk a little bit about how you um, ended up, like how did this come to you? How did this series happen? Well, I, I uh, one of the producers uh, from The Last Man on Earth, uh, uh, this guy, Seth Cohen, who uh, is wonderful, and we obviously kept in touch after the show got canceled. Um, he had, he had, was the first person who uh, told me about Quibi. And so he said, we were thinking about things we could do together. And he said, you should go in, we should go in and learn more about this because they're, they're really doing a bunch of cool stuff. So I went in with Seth and my buddy, John Solomon, who was, we worked on Last Man on Earth together and McGruber and, you know, a bunch of stuff. So we went in for a, just a general meeting to meet them and see what they were up to. And they explained a lot of uh, the different interesting technological stuff that they were doing and just about the projects also that, that uh, they're working on. And it sounded really cool. And at about that same time, I had two friends from the Groundlings that I was just talking about, Damon Jones and Steve Mallory, who had written Flipped. And so they that the, the offer to do Flipped came in right about that time. And so I, I already had heard from, from these people at Quibi just what, how cool everything, it, the, the new technology and the innovations, and that was interesting to me. And then I read this super funny script that these guys were doing that these guys that I've known for years really happened. Did I, did I answer your question? Yeah, you cut out a little bit at the end there. There was a bad reception thing. It was the best answer I've ever given to any question. I, 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 we basically got it that um, it, it uh, Groundling Friends, you'd already gone in. Um, but I'm curious, because when you're watching it, just for people that don't realize. Masturbation, did you hear the public masturbation part of the? Uh, we, we missed that, but. Oh, you missed that. Yeah. Okay, well. Uh, for people that don't realize, though, you can watch the, the, the series like this, or you can watch the series like this. And when you're watching it like this, it's a completely different framing. So I'm just curious, uh, was there any difference on set when you were filming, um, or was that kind of altering of the framing done in post-production? Um, definitely... Uh as actors i i never uh was aware of of any kind of difference in how we shot stuff i i i don't know that caitlin was either the director of the show ryan case is amazing and she had everything so nailed down and so thought out um so they i'm sure that they planned for that uh a bunch before going into production but but when you know the the lighting setups were super fast, I still don't know the. We, we, it didn't seem like we ever really got anything a second time just for the different angle. There might have been once or twice. Now that I think about it, but it really was to from the acting standpoint. I didn't even really know they were, you know, that when when we would be doing stuff for a horizontal shot and when we'd be doing stuff for a vertical shot. I think they just were setting up for that from the get-go. Um, yeah, but it's, it's and there, it's so interesting because I think there are a, a bunch of cool uses uh, 
for the different shots, like for different shows, you know, for, I think a lot of the shows you're seeing, um, like, like for ours, you're just seeing a vertical shot of the same scene, but then there are some shows that I think are using those different shots for like, like when they explained it to us, you could, oh, the horizontal could be the actual scene that's going on. The vertical could be some completely different element, which is tied to the horizontal, if that makes sense. So I don't even know what shows are, are making use of, of, of the technology in that way, but it was super cool, the, the things that, that could occur uh, in Quibi shows. And, and you know, I think that as, as, uh, as more and more people catch on to Quibi and Quibi, you know, I think that the, the, the use of that, uh, of, of the tech, technological stuff and that, that kind of innovation, I think it will just grow and just people will find funkier and funkier uses of that. I hate asking you a generic question like all about funk. I, I hate asking you the generic uh, kind of question, but a lot of people watching this right now will have not seen Flipped yet, and maybe haven't even seen a trailer yet. Um, so can you, right now, they're assholes. Seriously, you know. Um, uh, uh, can you sort of give like, but for people that like are fans of yours, um, what what's the what's the show about? Uh, the show is about two down on their luck people, a married couple, uh, Jan and Cricket Melfi. I play uh, Jan Melfi, and uh, Caitlin Olson plays Cricket Melfi. And we get fired from our jobs, have no idea what the hell we're supposed to do with our lives. We don't know what our destiny is. We do love uh, uh, flipping house flipping shows, so we decide to try to buy a house and flip it and kind of make our own little uh, home flipping show just on our own uh, cameras. And, and it, things go not so well and develop in a way, I don't want to give away any spoilers, but it's, it, it, you know, I think it's 11, different segments and each one ends with a pretty, pretty fun cliffhanger. And it just gets, it just unravels more and more throughout. So it's, is that, a, does that sound like a good, it's, you know, it's, it goes to, it gets to pretty dark places, uh, but still is a, a comedy. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's, I, I love it. I, it was so much fun to do. I had never gotten to work with Caitlin Olson, and she's amazing. Arturo Castro is in it, and he's amazing. Um, and then uh, Andy Garcia and Ava Longoria are in it also. So uh, those are spoilers. Those are spoilers. All three of those are spoilers. Yeah, I think the acting, it's pretty much, it's out there. But one of the things, and I, I know I'm running out of time with you, but Caitlin is so funny, and you are so funny, and I'm curious, what is it like when you put the two of you, yeah, you, you can make people laugh. What is it like when you put the two of you guys together on set? And is there like a mission between the two of you to like make each other break? We, we did not talk on set. We do not get along. Um, so it was, that was tough. 
uh, it was easy. I would spite laugh at her sometimes to ruin her takes. Um, no, oh my God. I had met her one time coming out of a party, her and Rob, and uh, it was basically like a 30 second, uh, hey, how you doing? Nice to meet you. And, and so this was the first time getting to know her and for sure the first time I ever got to work with her. She is so freaking funny. It really is tough not to, to ruin scenes. I mean, she just is incredible. It really was an amazing time uh, get, getting to do that. And just a super cool person. Uh, so, yeah, it was, it was just a blast. And then just everyone on set was great. Arturo Castro. Do you know him? Are you, are you... Uh, no, he, he uh, refuses to talk to me on a regular basis. I'm always trying to talk, but uh, he's difficult. He is, it's the same. He just an incredibly talented, super funny, just funny to the bone. And By the and way, I'm joking, just to be clear. <laughs> I'm like, just for people, I just realized, I'm, I better say I'm joking. I know, you, you gotta be, you gotta be safe, right? Um, but just, just... A, also a delightful person so it's it's so fun when when you get to work at a place where you're working with people who are really good at what they do and also really nice people that's you know every job should be like that unfortunately every job is not like that but you know the cast the whole crew uh, ryan the director she's just amazing um, uh what, what pregnant, he's having to friggin do all this stuff and and carry around this, this uh, baby insider, like it was, it, she's just this force of positivity and, and knowledge and good taste. She's just amazing. So it was awesome. I saw the first three episodes. And one of the things I really loved is that you guys have a really loving relationship. You know, you guys really love each other. And it's about the two of you, you know, teaming up, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. You know? it, it, yeah. <laughs> that, that, that's a big part of it. Um, it, it was really a fun dynamic, uh, the, the writing is so good too. See, you know, Stephen Damon, who I was talking about, they just wrote some really fun, you know, d delightful, dark, really stupid in, in the best possible way. Stupid is one of my, my all time, uh, uh, compliments, uh, D depending on usage and this is this is this usage is is uh uh the good the good kind but it's just like it was so fun nothing but fun doing this stuff now i forget the question i went on too long talking about uh i'm basically how i use stupid i'm basically out of time but i really if you don't mind uh the people that work at colliders gave me a few questions to ask can we zoom through them really fast and then oh, yeah. i'll I just want to make sure. No rush. Um, no, no, I, I, you say that. Um, so uh, Greg wanted to know, um, you always commit 100% when performing. Uh, have you ever taken it too far? And if so, when? I have taken it too far. Um, I, I, I would, the, the main times that I would say would be, that I would be in danger of taking it too far would be if I'm supposed to like, if I'm really 
you know, going nuts in a scene and then I have to like grab somebody, sometimes you just don't realize how hard you're grabbing somebody or, you know, you just, you've got all this blood coursing through your veins because you're doing this insane over the top uh, uh, scene. And then, and then you maybe, you know, are more forceful with somebody than you should be. And so that I, I, I can't remember any specific time. I'm sure there's right when I get off, there's going to be something that, that, uh, that I go, Oh, I should have said that. But I'm, so I'm sorry to disappoint Greg. This was a shit answer to a wonderful question. Um, Allie wanted to know, can you, as your last man on earth character, Phil, give us any words of wisdom on how to handle this current movement in time? I mean, Margarita Pools uh, and, uh, you know, toilet pools. It's all about using your pools in smartly, smartly. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it is very interesting, you know, not to make light of the, the situation because it is you know, very devastating what's going on. But, like, the, there are certainly elements that I see now in what's going on in, in the world that, that seem to play out in the same way that, that it seemed played out in the show. And, and, and I would have thought that maybe it was um, uh, that we were exaggerating stuff, like, like um, going through grocery stores and the empty shelves and stuff like that, barren, barren shelves. Uh, I don't know. I just, I guess I just didn't ever think that kind of stuff would happen. And, and it's, you know, um, yeah, it's, very, it's a, it's a, it's such a, it's such a weird time. And I, I, you know, my heart goes out to everybody who's, who's going through this, which is everybody. So. Um, Adam would like, Oh, sorry. Oh, I just said sending love to the world. Um, Adam would like an oral history on how the celery up your butt plot point came to be in MacGruber. Okay, this this had nothing to do with me actually because we were I remember we were in my apartment in New York. I, you know the I like holes scene, um, and those guys were just watching for inspiration some some old macgyver uh episodes and they got to this one episode where he's you know getting together a bunch of tools and and then he's got there's also a carrot there and whoever is with him says what are you, how are you going to use the character and he just says i'm hungry and takes a bite of the carrot so from that that was Somehow, from that, they envisioned this scene where I use a piece of, well, I was using a carrot, putting a carrot in my butt as a distraction. And then as we were going through the process of, you know, seeing if the lawyers would, would let us do this, because I think MacGyver was, was uh, um, they sent us a cease and desist, or, or, or they clearly were not super excited that we were making a movie out of it. Um, but to make sure that, because it was really the, the, the carrot things just didn't seem in any way like you, 
you couldn't possibly go, oh, they got this thing from MacGyver because, you know, they would never put a carrot in MacGyver's butt. Um, but just to make sure there was no, no tie-in at all, we changed it to celery, which I think was easier to hold in my, um, in my taint because that is, a, 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 if people think that that thing is going anywhere near my actual butthole, they're wrong. I mean, it crests against the, the areas. It's close to the butthole, but it's not like there's no part of it that's inserted into the butthole. It's closer to the, the end of the stalk is probably closer to the base of my balls. Uh, <laughs> and by the way, when we first got to Albuquerque, one of the first things we did was we were just like, shit, we need to make sure that this looks like we got to figure out how to do this. So we were one night he had brought uh yorma bought a bunch of celery and then took it we we just workshopped it and you know <laughs> a couple of days later i saw i saw there was this video going around that unbeknownst to me yorma had videotaped this thing and and you know th- this this private moment of me you know putting this celery in my butt and uh and he uh, near my butt rather, and uh, right. was sent it around to all of our friends, who of course told their two best friends and their two best friends. Oh, and one more thing about the celery. This this is later. This just made me think of uh, this bit of information, which was uh, the day of the celery scene. My mom was visiting with two of her friends. And so she was saying, well, I think we're going to come in the morning. And, and the celery scene was to be shot in the morning. She said, we're going to come in the morning and watch you work. And then we're going to go to Santa Fe in the afternoon. I said, what would you think about switching that around? <laughs> and she said, no, it works better for us the other way around. So I will never forget after one of the takes, you know, getting getting done with the scene, looking over and there's my mom standing inside the warehouse, you know, this broken pane of glass. She's there just just looking with a smile on her face. Like she's the most supportive mom. I can do no wrong. Behind her are the two totally horrified looks on her friend's face <laughs> like what am i doing here who is this person who made me come here and watch this um yeah my mom lost a couple friends not those two friends but she did lose some friends because they went and saw the movie mcgruber <laughs> they've never come back in her life that's what a great mom she is we we should uh, make sure that your mom's friends come to the 10th anniversary screening when we eventually do it, uh, oh, yeah. you know, later this year. Without my, mom's movie. my mom's an actor in the movie. She was uh, in the very end in the, uh, uh, the, the wedding scene. She is uh, Colonel Faith, um, played by Powers Booth, uh, the, the late Powers Booth, which we're super bummed out about. He was a fantastic man. But she is uh, uh, Colonel Faith's wife. 
So she's she's uh, sitting there front row seat watching it all. Um, uh, I have a million other questions, but I have to uh, what we call um, stop. Um, so I will uh, save these for another time. Um, I will say though, for people that are watching, uh, Quibi is now available on iTunes and the uh, on Google Play. Uh, you can download it. You get the app, and then I believe it is uh, it's free for ninety days. So everyone yeah. watching, if you want to see. If you want to see flipped, uh, and they have, I think they're planning on 175 series uh, this year. Um, you should check it out. Um, and you know, the There's first few episodes of flipped. Cool yeah, a bunch of cool stuff coming out. And I think that 90 day trial period, there you need to get in at a certain point, maybe. So I, I can't remember the date, but maybe like if you get in by April 20th, you have 90 days. I can't remember. Just go there. Go to Quibi. Sorry, sorry, I cut you off. No, no. I, I think it's better if you're if you're mentioning it. I'm just saying for people that want to check out Flipped, you can go watch it for free by going to Quibi and signing up, and um, and you'll laugh. And I, as I said, I saw the first few episodes, and I will absolutely continue watching. Awesome. Um, until... Thank you so much for getting on uh, on this video chat with us today. Uh, please, uh, I hope everything with you and your family, uh, stay safe, stay healthy. Thank you so much for giving us your time today. Thank you very much. It's great to talk to you and, and I wish the same health and safety to you and to everyone out there who's uh, listening and who's not listening. All the best. Uh, cool, hey, listen, thank you so much and um, uh, you know, a 10th anniversary MacGruber screening later this year. Yeah, awesome. Sounds good. Cool. Have a great day.